Welcome back to Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. This is Larry Lennon-Schmidt, your host, and we're very glad to bring a program to you where we try to bring Christian leaders together with you, the audience, to talk about key issues of interest to the body of Christ. If you're just now joining us, this is a special program in partnership with the Prayer Ministry of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio on how we pray for first responders, the people who go in harm's way to protect us, to treat us when we're in an accident, to put out fires on our property, to get our cats out of trees, and much more. Our special guest today is Bayer County Sheriff Susan Pomerlow, who leads a large agency which serves Bayer County with law enforcement, houses a large number of jail inmates, and works on issues of mental health and abuse with those in need in that sphere of influence. Welcome, Sheriff. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Sheriff, in the first half of the program, we introduced you to the audience. We learned that you had a career of service first in the Air Force, where you rose to the rank of Major General. You were a senior executive with the USAA, a major financial services company. And then we began talking about one of the groups that you particularly serve through the sheriff's office, the inmates and their needs. Uh, so in just in thinking about inmates, I mean, you've got families that are separated. You've got mental health issues. You've got abusive things going on. And, and so there's a, there's a ton of issues just looking at the inmates that you're working with, aren't there? Yes. And, you know, so often individuals come to jail, and what we want to make sure of is that the time that they are there, mm-hmm. that it's valuable, that, uh, and that we provide them the kind of classes, training, uh, for life skills, vocational skills, sometimes getting a GED, mm-hmm. so that they have the skills that they, when they get out, yeah. that then they can be productive members of society. Mm-hmm. And when um, over the last three years, we have more than doubled the number of classes that we offer each week to inmates in the jail. And and my view is, if There's a day that goes by that an inmate is not involved in some type of a program like this. We've wasted a day. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that while they're in our custody, we provide them these kinds of classes on changing behavior, understanding how they respond in situations. (laughs) Anger management. Anger management is a very good uh, example. (laughs) Um, GED. Um, you know, uh, cognitive uh, therapy, mm-hmm. uh, faith-based programs, so that when they get out, they have changed to where they can become productive members of society and contribute rather than being a burden on society. Sure. Because, frankly, I don't want them to come back. Yeah. How do these programs impact the, the return rate, the recidivism yes. in, in, the employ- in the population? And, Any programs that we have that we introduce in the jail, we don't just take something that somebody thinks, well, I think this will work, is we select those programs that are Mm evidence-based, that show the outcomes produce good results. And let me talk about a program that, uh, in fact, was just uh, recognized yesterday as the program of the year for the Alamo Area Council of Governments, and that's our MATCH program, Mothers and Their Children. And it's a program where we teach mothers who are incarcerated uh, um, relationship skills, parenting, 
anger management. Many of them don't know how to read, so GED classes, so that they can then read to their children. For every 12 hours of learning that they do, they earn a contact, a one-hour contact visit with their child. Oh, well, what a, what a reward then. And yeah. so while they're in jail, they get to continue that relationship with their child or children mm-hmm. so that when they get out, that they've not, the separation hasn't been so dramatic. And so these programs... Um, and we have, over a long period of time, this program's been in existence for 30 years. And what we've seen is that women who are involved in these programs have a recidivism rate or a reoffender rate mm-hmm. that is 14 points better than those who don't participate. Oh, that's significant. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we know these kinds of programs work. Mm-hmm. And for those who are eligible for them, based on the um, the crime they committed, their circumstances, their behavior, we're, we know that they work, and we want to encourage individuals to be in these programs. And we first started off with uh, women being in different parts of the jail. They were in different housing units. But what we discovered was if we put them together, mm-hmm. they support each other. They lift each other up, and the learning uh, outcomes are much better. And we've also tied in bibliotech to this. You know, the the uh, uh, the county's library system, <laughs> so that one we have readers with programmed learning for the inmates. And then we also have Nook readers, so that when they their children visit. They can use these. They're preloaded with sure. 150 different children's books. Great. And so it teaches the mother to read to their children, and they really connect in that way. Mm-hmm. So we are just so pleased with the outcome of this program. Uh, we also extended it to, it's called Patch, Papas and Their Children, with the same outcomes. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that you're you're thinking and trying to care. I mean, making the effort is the first step, and then refining the programs as you go is mm-hmm. a continuing process, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And we're also excited about the future because of um, uh, there's a major um, capital project that will be implemented over the next two years, and part of that is we're building. County commissioners approve the funding to build a new facility, uh, and it it will be program-based. And it will be for men, uh, medium to low risk, so that classroom space will be integrated with the housing unit. And right now, today, we have over 120 inmates who are veterans. So one unit can be veterans-based because we'll capitalize on uh, the structure, the discipline that they learned in the military sure. to help them reconnect. But something's gone wrong. Yes. If they've come out of the military and they're in this position. Exactly. And so. it may be drug use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a variety of things that they may get into. Sure. Uh, as well uh, to establish faith-based units mm-hmm. or a partnership with an educational institution to teach job skills 
and we have a number of programs like that now. But when we are able to house individuals together that are in these same programs, and we know that these programs work. And so we're excited about uh, this of really raising the bar on the kinds of things we're able to do to give people the skills to where they can return to society and not come back. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I think it's great to hear more about the care that you're giving for the inmates because mm-hmm. there's a there's a theory of thought that they've done something they should just spend their time throw away the key and, and it's rough time if and that's what it should be if they've done yeah. the crime they need to do the time yeah but the thing and they are doing the time yeah. what i think is important to say too is the dollars that are used to pay for these programs are not taxpayer dollars mm. For purchases that they make through the commissary, mm-hmm. snacks, uh, better toiletries than what we issue, mm-hmm. the profits from those go yeah. to pay for these programs, the classroom training, the various programs, all of that is paid for by what uh, by the inmates directly. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And the taxpayer benefits because of the That's right. in, increase in effectiveness of the programs. There's a there's another aspect to your to your office to the agency that you run, and that's the people that are that are employees, and and they take a lot of different roles. You know, I think of someone out cruising and and taking care of law enforcement outside of the city boundaries, but there's a lot more to to a sheriff's office than than just the sheriff the deputy sheriffs that we see out there, aren't there? Yes, and. You know, more than half of the sheriff's office works in the jail half really? as detention officers. Hmm. And we have almost 1,600 sworn officers, and about 865 of those are detention officers. So there's about 750 who are in various areas of law enforcement in the courthouse, patrol deputies, mm-hmm. Uh, criminal investigations, fugitive apprehension, they serve civil process, and we also have a mental health unit. So those are people who are in law enforcement. And so most of the ones that people see who patrol neighborhoods and uh, traffic stops and those kinds of things, that's what most people think of as sheriff's deputies. Mm -hmm. But there's a much larger and complex organization. Sure, because you're, 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 on the one hand, uh, running this big housing facility mm-hmm. with people who maybe didn't choose to live there. They didn't sign a lease to get in. But yeah, they just, I, uh, yeah. I uh, uh, affectionately call it the most densely populated residential <laughs> facility in Bear County. <laughs> Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So you're running, you're running the detention facility. You're providing uh, bailiffs and other support for the judicial process, mm-hmm. and you you do um, a variety of things to take care of those people as well. Then you you probably have some sort of setup similar to a corporation or the military where yes. you have people handling certain functions. We've got HR, we've got communications, we've got business office, okay. um, warehouse operations. So all of those kinds of things. So there are civilians and other support personnel, okay. training academy. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a large and complex organization with how many total employees again? Uh, almost two thousand. Okay. So it's a it's it's a major management issue yes. to keep this thing running as it should. And we have lots of volunteers. Mm-hmm. There we have several hundred volunteers, both in the jail, but also 
a, a volunteer chaplain program. We have chaplains that help inmates, but we also have chaplains who are there just for our deputies and our employees. So if someone is interested in being a volunteer chaplain, they should contact the Bayer County Sheriff's Office. That's correct. Okay, good. Now, there's there's also this interaction with the district attorney, the other law, the other side of law enforcement. How does how does that work out for you? You know, there's so many parts of the criminal justice system, and we each need to know what the other is doing so that we're part of a total process. It's like, for instance, when someone is arrested and they come into the central magistrate, right there we deal with the judicial system because there's a district attorney, an assistant district attorney there that's there, a magistrate. Uh, that's the first interaction that someone who's been arrested has to determine whether or not they're going to jail or whether or not they can bond out with a personal recognizance bond or commercial bond. The uh, district clerk's office has personnel that are there. Uh, so it's there are a lot of parts of the criminal justice system, and we all have to work together. Sure. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a management issue. You've got different departments under different management, but if you can't integrate the system, it, it's, it's a big right. issue in it. So mm-hmm. there's, a, again, a Christian approach, a yielding of self. Uh, someone said, you know, I don't care how the job gets done or who gets the credit. Let's just get it done or something to that effect. Well, and I think that's an important aspect is yeah. uh, someone, a friend of mine said to me one time, you know, it's amazing how much you can get done when you don't have to worry about who gets the credit. Sure. And it's a team. Mm-hmm. It's a total team effort. So when you, when you, when you think about the, the concerns of your employees, I mean, I, the first thing that comes to mind is the physical risk of being out on the job. Mm-hmm. And um, you make one traffic stop, and it goes wrong. And that's the, not just the end of your career, but the, literally the end of your life. And so how, how does that danger come into the life of, 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 of a deputy and the deputy's family? You know, it's... I. You know, the people that, you know, and of course, being in the military, Mm -hmm. I I think what you find of going into the military, you may go in to get uh, an education. You may go in to learn a job skill. um, You may go in to see the world. Mm -hmm. But very quickly, you soon recognize that this is part, this is about being part of something larger than yourself. It's not about an individual. It's about the greater good. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, and, and even uh, in just as direct a way, individuals who serve in law enforcement are first responders. Mm-hmm. This isn't about uh, making a million dollars. This is about being a public servant. And these are people, men and women, who are committed to this community. They love what they do because they know they are serving this mm-hmm. community and their role is to provide for public safety and to protect those. From, from what I understand, when you, when you became sheriff, uh, 2012, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> uh, great, great line. I love it. But there, there was a, a need to establish or, or generate a higher level of morale, maybe a need to rebuild in some ways. How did, how did you accomplish that, and how, how is the morale of the team today, do you think? You know, it, it was really a matter of changing the culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I was 
privilege to do was while I was in the Air Force, I mean, there's, there's a whole focus on professional development and leadership development. Mm-hmm. Being in a leadership position is about taking care of people. And it's not just about you've got a job, go do it. It's about making sure that the tools, they have the tools to do their job, that they know that if something happens, they're going to be taken care of and their families are going to be taken care of. And I'll tell you an experience that, uh, you know, really drove home the need for some different requirements. Mm -hmm. About six months into the job, one of our detention officers was about ready to retire and he didn't show up to work one day, and he was missing. And several days later, we found that he had taken his own life. Oh. And there were no psychological services mm-hmm. in the sheriff's office. There were no chaplains, volunteer chaplains, to provide for the needs of our deputies. Yeah. We had chaplains serving the needs of inmates, but mm-hmm. not serving the needs of our deputies and their families. Yeah. And, and we got great support. I remember Chief Hood, uh, Charles Hood, the uh, um, fire chief for San Antonio, um, provided lots of help to us because they had family assistance folks. The uh, employee assistance program uh, pitched in. And, you know, and we were able to deal with that tragedy and help others who had known this individual for so long. Mm-hmm. And so over the next, really the next year, we focused on building psychological services. We built a volunteer chaplain program. And today we have 15 ministers and pastors, priests who serve the needs, the spiritual needs for our deputies. And they walk the floors in the jail for our deputies. They are at roll call for patrol. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that's so important, I remember earlier this year, one of our deputies was shot in the line of duty. And he, he said later, and shared this with our chaplain, said, when you said a prayer for us before we went out on patrol, I know that's what saved my life. And so that says it all, yeah. that prayer protects, God protects sure. our men and women who are serving this community. And they put their line on, lives on the line every single day. They get up in the morning or whenever their shift is to begin. They put on their uniform. They leave their families and often don't know if they're coming back at the end of the day. There's that risk. Yes. Yeah. And so praying for our deputies, praying for police officers, praying for our firefighters, all of our first responders, emergency, uh, EMS, um, our emergency operations folks. It is so important because I believe that shield of armor that's placed around them by, uh, by Jesus Christ. By caring God. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Is important. Yeah. Well, I'm just reminded of the saying, you know, there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> and uh, I, would, I would think that being in this form of public service would 
draw one to have faith. Mm-hmm. You want to have faith if you're going to face this on a daily basis. So from from your understanding of, of other first responders, and that, and that includes EMTs and the fire department and police and others, what what other needs do you, are you aware of? Uh, I mean, the stress is, the stress has to be wearing on everyone uh, in this whole complex. You know, and it, and it is. And one of the things that uh, is so important is also making sure that our deputies have a balance, a good balance. You know, you can't just focus everything at work, but you've also got to let go mm-hmm. at the end of the shift, so that they can go back to their families. And focus on families. Focus on the things that um, make life satisfying. And so, but our families are part of our overall um, family of first responders. Sure. So you're considering family needs. Absolutely. And, everything. Mm-hmm. and so I often tell folks, they say, well, how can we help? You know, I get lots of people who come up to me and say, you know, your deputies are doing a great job, and we so appreciate what they do for our community and keeping it safe. So I get to enjoy that, and I tell our folks that. Mm -hmm. But what's even more important for every person who's listening to this today is the next time you see a first responder, a firefighter, a police officer, a sheriff's deputy, a constable's deputy, to walk up to them and say, I appreciate everything you do for us to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. That will go farther than anything that you can imagine for them to just hear the thanks of a grateful community who know that they put their lives on the line every single day. Yeah. So a word, just a word, mm-hmm. kind word, an That's expression right. of thanks means a lot, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So when you've got the chaplain program, again, if you're interested in being a, a volunteer uh, chaplain, please call the, the Bayer County Sheriff's Office. And you've got programs now for people who feel the stress, and it's gotten to them in a way, like, yes. the, like the fellow who committed, mm-hmm. uh, took his own life. Uh, so you've built that into the system yes. in, a, in a much in, more robust in fact, way. The county's employee assistance program, uh, and it does a lot of things. I mean, it provides financial counseling. It provides uh, counseling for, mm-hmm. you know, family issues, those types of things. But the stresses on law enforcement and first responders mm-hmm. is a different kind of stress and different issues that they deal with. And so we work very closely with the Employee Assistance Program, and they selected two additional Uh, counselors and psychologists who have worked extensively with law enforcement or have been in law enforcement themselves so that they understand the 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 issues that Mm -hmm. our law enforcement and first responders deal with Mm -hmm. and so we were able to add that capability to the employee assistance program and so that's really helped in providing that kind of help Okay. So, so just to summarize some, some key things, pray for first responders in general. Pray specifically for their safety. Pray for their interaction with their family. Pray for their families because they're under stress. Pray for inmates. Pray that their time would be well used, that, that there's something that's valuable about this time of incarceration where they come out with better skills. 
Pray for the programs that are in place and the people administering those programs. Pray that God would raise up more volunteer chaplains. So there's this. Is there anything else specific that we, we should mention? And we also have uh, volunteer programs uh, for those who work with inmates in the jail. And we work closely with Chrysalis Ministries. Okay. And if someone is interested in volunteering to be part of the jail ministry, mm-hmm. they can call Chrysalis Ministries okay. and um, and share with them their interest in doing this. Sure. I know a lot of folks that do jail ministry around the state. Yes. And it's uh, it's rewarding and very appreciated by mm-hmm. the inmates. So, uh, Sheriff, would you, would you uh, close us out as we come to the end of the program with a prayer for first responders? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Our most gracious Heavenly Father. We thank you for this time to raise up to you those who serve this community as first responders, as deputies, as police officers, as firefighters, as EMTs, those people who are serving to keep our community safe. But we also ask you to raise up their families to keep them safe and to give them solace that their loved ones are protected by your hand. We ask that you also be with those who are incarcerated and in our custody, that they may find your loving grace and also with their families who are also dealing with their own issues and helping them help their loved ones. And we just ask you to give us the strength and give us the faith that you are there protecting and saving. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sheriff Pomerleau. We appreciate your time. Appreciate you giving us insight into how the Sheriff's Office works and the risks that are taken and the great service that the people provide who are part of your, of your uh, ongoing efforts. So thank you, audience, for being with us. This is Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. We're partnering with the prayer ministry at First Presbyterian Church to encourage people to pray for first responders. If you'd like to know more about Hill Country Institute, please visit hillcountryinstitute.org or call 512 680 7993. Have a blessed day and remember to bless those around you with the good news of the love of Christ. Mm-hmm.